The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So give yourself a few seconds to really twist around a little bit if you need to or reposition yourself from your sitting. It's okay to stand for a second and stretch. All that stillness sometimes craves a little movement afterwards or just a something or to move to a chair. Yeah. So I thought um, that tonight I would talk about some things and then um, have you talk to each other too. Uh, One of the ways that I like to practice um, is not only to sit and to sit with others, but to express my practice through talking to other people. And um, I learn a lot from talking to other people. Sometimes I learn what the experience is like for others. Sometimes in speaking with others, I have a different perspective on myself. And I also think there's a way to practice in how we engage with each other and speak to each other and that this environment is a wonderful container for mindful engagement as well as mindful sitting and mindful um, Dharma talks. So that's kind of my thought about tonight. One of my thoughts along with Halloween candy. And um, I imagine some people are on retreat, as you said, this week, and some people may be home watching a baseball game, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's that, too, isn't there? Is there something on tonight? There's this, yes. So, um... I have been, um, as my little bio said, a practitioner for a long time. And I'm going through a renewed commitment to sitting practice right now in my practice. My practice has been a lot about service work and education and retreats. Um, But I have to say that I've never really sat every day for long stretches at a time, unless I was on a retreat. And it's in some ways it's been like my little secret, you know, like, I don't sit every day, but don't tell anybody. Sometimes I sit, sometimes I don't. I'll sit in the parking lot in my car for five minutes and breathe. But um, for a number of reasons, about six or seven weeks ago, I... I think made a decision, or I surrendered, I'm not sure, (laughs) to sitting every morning. And um, so I thought I'd just talk a little bit about that. Um, Because I think it's not something we always talk about, is, you know, the actual very practical everydayness of sitting practice. I had to kind of find a place in my home that was just right. It's not just right. And I sit there and I think, this is not right. You know, As I was sitting here tonight, I thought, oh, if I could just sit in that room like this, you know, there's so, 
so I feel so supported when I sit with other people, and I realize when I sit at home, I feel kind of alone, you know, kind of like, and I have to really effort to remember other people are sitting, you know, this moment, or have sat today, or will sit today. So that's part of it, is that the right place and the effort um, and to realize that there's an aloneness to it that's really kind of challenging for me. I'm also trying little tricks, like how to um, keep myself from sliding, you know, so like um, on the best days I wake up, I use the bathroom, and I sit down. Like I'm, I'm learning too that there's very subtle ways that I bargain with myself. Well, the dog needs to go out. And then I get back and it's like, oh, I'm hungry. You know, <laughs> I'm just going to check my email before I sit. And next thing I know, it's 10 o'clock and I've kind of lost that beginning of the day quiet mind, you know. So as much as possible, I've, I'm practicing with wake up, feet on the floor, get into that, that chair, that same spot. Yeah. And then when I'm there, sometimes I think to myself, this is great and I'm, I'm so wonderful because I'm sitting. So along with some aloneness comes up some real kind of um, pride, you know, like I'm so virtuous because I'm sitting, you know. What a, you know, interesting voice in my head, you know. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, I think it's it's good to acknowledge that I'm making effort and I'm not lying in bed still or eating cereal. But on the other hand, um, oh, well, you know, I'm somebody because I'm sitting. So I think in the sitting still I get to watch that I'm alone, I made it, yay, I'm in the chair, you know. I'm a good person today, you know, it's really interesting. Does anybody else go through anything like this in your practice? Please, just a, yeah, a little, do I, do I not, when, where, yeah, you know. It's nice to hear you acknowledge all of us. Yeah, 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 I figured I wasn't alone, but I wanted to check. I've discovered an app for my smartphone called Insight Timer, and it will show you who else is meditating in other places in the world. So this has been one of my little discoveries that like, oh look, so-and-so in Redwood City or Miami or, you know, England is, is sitting, you know. I don't really recognize any of them, but it's nice to know. And then you can also friend people, and you can see when people that you know are sitting, so... Um, and it has timers and bells, and so on a really fussy day, I'm like, I'm going to find just the right bell for my mood today, you know, so. Very silly. Does that mean the Giants won? Great. The sooner this is all over, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I live near three bars, and so before, during, and after, for different reasons, it's very unpleasant in my neighborhood. 
So then as I'm sitting there, I get through all this stuff, and then I'm like, I settle down, and I watch my breath, and um, I have a pretty hard time staying focused in my sitting. Um, I tend to go into um, a rerun of something that's happened the last couple of days, like I'll replay a conversation, or I'll replay a gripe that I have, or I'll think about the possibilities for breakfast, or what I'm doing later that day, you know, should I leave at 12 or 12.15 or 12.30, and where did I park, and all this stuff. And So I, I drift off pretty regularly, yeah. So I have a, with this timer set up, I, I set a bell to bring myself back every 10 minutes, because I find that um, I will inevitably drift, and so just a plan to bring myself back is really useful. So if any of you tend to fall asleep or to drift off, I would recommend that you experiment with um, intervals. So I have kind of two intervals within the 30 minutes that just um, in some ways feels like I can begin again, you know. I do have a little bit of a mind that's like, well, if it's going to be like this, why bother? You know, like, oh gosh, I'm 12 minutes in. and But something about ringing this bell, I'm like, oh, I'll just start again, you know. What was my intention? Why am I doing this? And I I think when I first started sitting, I thought sitting would be really great all the time. Uh, And that the point was for the sitting to be really great, at least most of the time. And this time, as I'm recommitting and, and sitting every day, I feel myself sitting not for the, what it's like during the sitting, but for what the rest of my day is like after the sitting. You know? So that half hour is actually not... I'm loosening up around what that half hour is like. You know? And I'm sitting with the intention that I'm going for a cumulative effect for the broader picture of my life and not just even this half hour or this morning, you know. And I find that really has freed me up from preference while I'm sitting, you know. Well, this would be a better sitting if my leg didn't hurt or if I wasn't wandering off so much or if those people over there in the street would be quiet or, you know. Um, I, I've been remembering a lot lately, like, no, I'm sitting um, to create... Um, more solid ground for my day, you know. Because my day sometimes can start to be like little earthquakes. Um, I have um, pretty well-managed chronic anxiety. Um, And I've been in a lot of transition around work, so um, I have extra fuel for anxiety around my future. (laughs) Um, So I'm sitting to find a little more solid ground underneath myself um, and I'm finding that I am a little less just I mean a smidge less uh, I don't know I, I kind of picture like in the Transamerica building in San Francisco is built on a ball bearing I don't know if you know this about this building so when an earthquake happens picture a big disc under here it just moves like this and then it kind of settles back in you know 
kind of like, I think I had a toy like that when I was a kid too, like a weebles. Yeah, like uh, I'm like a weeble, exactly. So I'm noticing that the, the, the wobbling of, as a weeble is not quite as far over this way or this way in my day. I'm more like this and this, rather than this and this. And then I kind of come back a little more often. So it's really interesting, yeah. And even though I can't, I, I can't say, oh, oh, the last eight weeks, my life is so different. I feel completely transformed by my sitting. I actually really can't say that. <laughs> you know, I would say I just feel a little more inspired, a little more stable, and a little more... Um, I don't know what even, to tell you the truth. Ask me in a year. If I keep it up for a year, I'll let you know. I was, I was telling Gilly the other day, I'm sitting. He said, well, you know how to tell if it's really making a difference. He said, stop for a week and then you'll see. <laughs> like, if you don't sit for a week and really track, you'll see how much benefit you're getting. But I said, I don't want to risk it at that point. This point, that's like, you know, I could just not come back after a week. Yeah. I'm looking at this... Um, picture I have in my mind about one of the reasons why do I sit in addition to creating some stability um, is that from what I understand from the Dharma, from the teachings um, there's an opportunity in being a human being around my life. That something could happen with my life if I practice, if I sit, if I study, if I participate in a in a sangha, you know, that my life can be um, richer or fuller. Um, or I could even perhaps awaken to my Buddha nature. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and I love, there's a story in Buddhism about a turtle and this in particular, and I want to tell you that story. Does anybody know about the turtle? A few people, okay. So picture a sea turtle. They have like long fins in the front and smaller fins in the back and they they swim like this. And if you picture a turtle that's way down in the bottom of the ocean and the turtle is blind so he can't see. So he's down at the bottom of the ocean and then picture that this is the top, the surface, and on the surface is a lifesaver. Not the kind that you put in your mouth but the, you know, the lifesaver kind. And the teaching, the story goes that um, human birth is very rare and so unique and so rare that we shouldn't waste our lives. Often this is referred to as our, our precious life, our precious life. And so one could ask, well, how rare is it or how precious is my life, you know? And the answer is your life, to be born a human is as likely as that turtle swimming to the ocean who's blind and his nose pokes up inside the ring of that lifesaver on the surface. So there's this huge surface. So what's that, like a one in a billion chance of all the spots on the surface? So you were a blind turtle heading up towards the surface of the ocean and you made it into, inside that ring. I love that image, you know, that like, 
oh yeah, this is pretty rare, so maybe I shouldn't take it for granted and waste my time. And I think that's what brings a lot of us into practice is a sense of, this is my life, you know, and maybe I'll get a lot of them, I don't know, it's a nice idea, but for now, whether it's through sitting or study or community, um, my inspiration comes from, this is my life, I want to take up my life or meet my life. And when I say meet my life, I mean the good, the bad, and the ugly. uh, The fullness of my life. Or as John Kabat-Zinn says, the full catastrophe of my life. There's a a line from a Mary Oliver poem where she says, I don't want to have simply visited this world. And I think that's what inspires some of my practice, is I just don't want to visit, you know. In addition to, I want some stability and not be quite such a weeble bobble, you know, particularly emotionally for me and mentally, yeah. So let me read you this actual um, text from the Majima Nikaya, one of the Buddha suttas. It's called The Rarity of Human Birth. Suppose, O monks, this mighty earth were one mass of water and a man were to throw down there on a yoke with one hole. I think that's old Buddhist language for a lifesaver. Then comes a wind from the east and wafts it west, and a wind from the west that wafts it east, a north wind wafts it south, and a south wind wafts it north. Then once at the end of a hundred years, a blind turtle would push his neck through that yoke one hole whenever he popped up to the surface at the end of a hundred years. And there's a question mark. So I guess, suppose this were to happen. It is unlikely, Lord, that the blind turtle would do that. It is just as unlikely, O monks, that one will get birth in human form. Just as unlikely that a Tathagata should arise in the world, an Arahant, a fully enlightened one. Just as unlikely that the Dhamma and the Vinaya proclaimed by a Tathagata should be shown in the world. But now indeed, monks, this state of human birth is one, and a Tathagata has arisen in the world, and the Dharma and the Vinaya are proclaimed by the Tathagata in the world. Wherefore, so that's how you know it's an old text, they said wherefore, O monks, ye must make an effort to realize this is ill, this is the cause of ill, this is the cessation of ill, this is the way leading to the cessation of ill. And that that sounds to me like this is the way of, this is suffering, this is the cause of suffering, this is the cessation of suffering, and this is the way of the cessation of suffering. the rarity of human birth. So I'm going to ask you to um, talk to the person next to you about this this idea of um, this life is a rare opportunity or that um, there is something important afoot and um, whether it's through sitting or the way that we live our lives or how we function in a community or in the workplace, that matters. You know, that's, that something is afoot, yeah. 
Um, and you might also talk with the person next to you about whether this story touches you and inspires you, or whether you think it's a bunch of malarkey, you know, just another silly story, or somewhere in between, yeah. And um, I, I would say by talking to somebody, I mean just a few sentences to let the other person hear you and to hear yourself speak. But this is not an active discussion or debate or time to give advice. So if Arthur was to say, I don't understand the story, it makes no sense to me, and I think the people who wrote it were probably on smack. You know, it's not for me to say, well, no, I don't think so, and I think it's very legitimate, and maybe if you spent more time with the story, like, we're not going to be helpful. I just consider this more... Um, being witnesses to each other as we reflect for a few minutes together, okay? So this means you will need to turn to somebody and talk to them and introduce yourselves. Um, It's not a lifelong partnership that you're engaging in. It's just a few minutes. Um, So we'll have about five or six minutes, not long, and you can manage your time together, okay? And if you came with somebody else, don't feel obligated to talk to them. You could employ the law of two feet, stand and uh, go walk and approach somebody else. Seems like you had something to talk about. That's nice. You had something to talk about. Anybody talk about turtles? Yeah? Yeah, good. You talked about turtles? Good. Yeah. Yeah. This is wonderful, by the way. You're giving us this opportunity to do this. To talk to each other? Yeah, and just the topic. Oh, the topic too, yeah. Yeah. It's just wonderful. Thank you. What do you like about this? I like it because it, it's just so meaningful and makes mm. this moment so rich. Mm. And it, when I reflect on my day at the end of um, the end of the day, I think, ah, something really meaningful happened, and it happened with people. I used to run to the woods, and I stay away from people because... I, I don't know. They seem weird. <laughs> Not weird, but I mean, in a, different than me. And that's yeah. And it's so nice, you know, to talk yeah. with Arthur and and yeah. oh, he has so many good things to talk yeah. about. Yeah. It's one. I just love it. <laughs> I'm so glad. Thank you for telling me that. So. Sometimes these these to come to a group and to sit and to listen to somebody just kind of resets my life. You know, whether it's for the hour that I'm in the room or for a couple of days but it's just something really special does happen when people come together and pay attention to something and sit in silence together it's it's quite remarkable yeah yeah it's really sweet really sweet what else do people talk about anybody want to say or, or have a question even from what you talked about or a conundrum not that I'll have the answer but sometimes it's good to hear yourself say it out loud Did anybody decide this life is not very precious? No. I, I feel kind of intimidated by this idea of this precious life. Can you say more? Well, 
It didn't come with instructions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so here's this precious thing. I'd better not waste it. But but gosh, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> yeah. Where's the manual? Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. It's daunting. I mean, as much as I can be inspired sometimes, I'm also, yeah, kind of like, oh boy. I don't know if I'm up for this. Yeah. I'm with you. I'd like a manual as well. <laughs> um, um, uh, but we, we talked about, about this story and the turtle. I've, I've heard the story before, and I liked it. I haven't heard it in a long time, but it's always sort of in the back of my mind. And I've always had a problem with it until tonight. Um, and the problem I have is um, uh, I, I don't know what to think about um, uh, rebirth and... and and so uh-huh. I just put it aside and don't think about it much. But whenever the story comes up, I I think about my doubt. Right. Um, but I haven't thought about it in a while. And um, I realized how precious life is, um, that I feel, really, that it's very precious without the story. Um, uh, that's something that's come about in a year, the last year or two. And um, uh, the story isn't necessarily about rebirth, and it's just about preciousness. And I, I feel that really strongly. Oh, sweet. So I like the story. As you're saying the word precious, I'm remembering, is it the hobbit with the yeah. golem and the precious ring or something? Yeah. 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 I saw a picture of him in the newspaper today. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he out for Halloween? Is that why? Gollum, my precious. I, I just thought of um, another story in your saying about, it's kind of daunting too, is, um, and uh, I offer this story not that it's the same, but it's another point of view, and that somebody once asked the Buddha, I understand that there's lifetimes after lifetimes of practice, and you know, you didn't become a Buddha like that, so, but how long did it take, you know, like, Give me an idea, like if I, if I do this, what's going to happen? You know, we all want to know, like, all right, tell me how many of these and how many of those, and then I, I can predict where I'm going to end up. I don't think it really works like that, but that's the way our minds want to bargain with this whole thing. And I think the answer goes something along the lines of, well, it took a lot of lifetimes, a lot, a lot, a lot of lifetimes. And they said, well, how many? And he said, oh, more than you can count more than you can count. They said, well, give me an idea. And so he said, okay, fine. This is me paraphrasing the Buddha. I don't think he talked like this. I just talk like this because I'm from New Jersey. He said, okay, fine. Picture a mountain and a bird flying over the mountain. And the bird holds in its beak a silk scarf and drags the scarf over the top of the mountain and a few pebbles wear off. That's one lifetime. As many times as it would take the bird to wear the mountain down, that's how many lifetimes it took me to be a Buddha. So you're off the hook. It's going to take a really long time. So, you know, paradoxically, we can make a lot of effort. And who the heck knows how many lifetimes, how many moments. I mean, when I hear that story too, I think about how many moments I can come back to mindfulness but yet how many moments 
when I forget. You know, like in my life, how many moments of reaction and how many times am I going to have to come back to mindfulness, to my breath, to the moment, to really kind of make this really my life. And it'll probably take as many times as that bird flying over the mountain. So I think I've got that mountain worn down about an inch, you know, uh, and there's more to go. So I, I like that story too. A little bit like, okay, well, I don't have to fret. Please. I think we're using the microphone so people can hear. Yes? Okay. Um, I was just thinking about what you said, that it is kind of daunting, and then I was also thinking that um, that's almost one more way in which we waste our life is by thinking, oh, I have to do something really important or I have to do something special, you know, rather than just saying, wait, just be present or to what it is or, you know, um, more the quality. Rather, At least I tend to think, what am I doing with my life? I must do something. And there's all these external achievement types of things rather than just um, the quality. Right. It reminds me of that expression, don't just do something, sit there, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Uh, hi. <laughs> First of all, I'm very impressed with your easiness, so easy. But um, I'm now practicing with the uh, eightfold path, the easy, the weak portion need to um, be easy. Uh, to me, it's very, uh, that is very, very good practice for me. And when I see you're relaxed and uh, much easy, so that's reminding me uh, how, how wonderful it is. Oh. Okay. And the human birth, my birth, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, yes, it's precious. It's very precious. Um, it's amazing, and it's just the mystery. The life is mystery. There's more than I don't know, than I know. So it is such a mystery, and uh, the, the more, the more, there's a, a lot to dig, dig to, to know, and to dig, you know, further, further, deeper. And yet, uh, yet I've been much blinded by daily life and by by the body body anyway so it's it's so i lost a lot of time being being living now as a precious one mm-hmm. so that that's i'm missing i really uh, want to live thank you great thanks <laughs> name is Sue. Thank you. My name is Jim, and we talked about uh, how hard it is sometimes to meditate. Uh, in my own case, uh, the house is uh, fairly newly empty, and uh, I think listening to you talk has given me new hope that I can you know, really make it work at home, mm-hmm. in addition to coming in here. It's so so almost too easy to come into a group that's meditating and and do it. There's a Zen expression, I think it's Zen, that says seven times down, eight times up. You know, like that there's just 
we, we will always forget, stop, and the point is not to ever forget or stop, but to begin again, you know. And I, I think that's true. Because after every retreat, I'm like, okay, I am like so down with this, and this makes so much sense, and then I get amnesia, and I just think, okay, well, if I can just get up one more time. So I wish that for you at home, that you just, one more time. Let me read you one more thing. Um, Along with, I think, some um, interest in sitting and bearing with it or just doing it anyways. Um, And along with the sense of, oh, this is my life. I don't want to miss it, you know. Um, I do get uh, anxious. Like, how's it going to go? or uh, I don't feel like I'm quite up to it, Um, or it's not working. So this comes up for me pretty regularly. Um, So um, this is a word that is not used a lot in the Dharma, but in other contexts, I think of the word courage, the word courage, which comes from the French word for heart. C-O-U-R-A-G-E is courage, and the word heart in French is C-O-E-U-R. And when people say goodbye to each other, um, in French culture, sometimes they will say courage, which is have heart, have heart, you know. Which then leads me to my favorite spiritual movie, The Wizard of Oz. And the character in The Wizard of Oz who doesn't have any courage. So sometimes I feel a little bit like the cowardly lion with my practice. Like, oof, this is rough. So I want to read to you um, this really sweet part in The Wizard of Oz. Um, If you haven't seen it lately, it's an interesting movie to watch from the point of view of that Dorothy is on a spiritual journey to come home to herself and that this is her mystical um, journey um, where she has to realize that what is outside is not as relevant as what's inside. So, And actually one of the parts I really relate to in the movie is when the Wicked Witch writes in the sky, surrender Dorothy, you know, like, and, and sometimes when I am recommitting to things or just hitting my own little bottom of sorts, it's surrender, that that word has a lot of freedom in it for me. I think the Wicked Witch meant it differently, (laughs) like give up the ghost and I'm going to get you. Um, So there's a point in the movie in which um, Dorothy and the Tin Man and the Scarecrow are talking to the lion while they're waiting to see the wizard and they're asking him about what it would be like if he did have courage. And they say to him, if you were king and you had courage, you wouldn't be afraid of anything? The lion says, not nobody, not know-how. The tin man says, not even a rhinoceros? And the lion says, imposterous. How about a hippopotamus? Said Dorothy. The lion said, why, I trash him from top to bottomus. Supposing you met an elephant... I'd wrap him up in cellophane. 
What if it was a brontosaurus? I'd show him who was king of the forest. How? they ask him. How? said the lion. Courage. What makes a king out of a slave? Courage. What makes the flag on the mast to wave? Courage. What makes the elephant charge his tusk in the misty mist or the dusky dusk? What makes the muskrat guard his musk? Courage. What makes the sphinx the seventh wonder? Courage. What makes the dawn come up like thunder? Courage. What makes the hottentot so hot? What puts the ape in apricot? (laughs) What have they got that I ain't got? And then they all scream at him, courage. And he says, you can say that again. (laughs) Does anybody remember this scene? It's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes on to sing a song and says, if I only had the nerve. I could change my habits, never more be scared of rabbits if I only had the nerve. I'm afraid there's no denying I'm just a dandelion, a fate I don't deserve. But I could show my prowess, be a lion, not a mouse, if I only had the nerve. Oh, I'd be in my stride, a king down to the core. Oh, I'd roar the way I'd never roared before. And then I'd roof and roar some more. Do you remember that part? <laughs> I would show the dinosaurus who's king around the forest, a king they'd better serve. Why, with my regal Beezer, I could be another Caesar if I only had the nerve. So I think sometimes And then what happens in the story? The Wizard of Oz tells them all, you already have this. You just don't know it. There's nothing outside of yourself that you need. You've always been smart. You've always been brave. You've always had a brain. You've always had the ability to come home to yourself. It was with you all along. I remember being like eight and thinking it was really unfair that Dorothy wore those shoes the whole time and nobody told her. You know, they're right there. It's as close as your feet, you know. But I think she had to go on this journey to come to that realization. And um, it feels sometimes in my practice like it hasn't come really easy as just putting on a pair of shoes and clicking my heels that I have had to walk a path, meet others, wrestle with my evil, wicked, the witch on the inside who says, oh yeah, I should just read my email before I sit. (laughs) I sat last night, so I don't have to sit this morning, right? Because this is going to happen tomorrow morning, I'll tell you right now. I'm like, I sat twice yesterday, so I'm not going to sit, you know, just all the, you know. uh, So I think maybe I'll have to sing the Cowardly Lion song to myself off and on as I continue to practice, you know, to remember to have heart. Myself into once more taking up my life, sitting still for a few minutes, 
opening up a text that inspires me rather than opening up my email right away, you know, or opening up that box of cereal. And then she wakes up in the movie. She actually wakes up as if from a dream. And this is actually what um, the Buddha taught, is that we are asleep and it's possible to wake up. To wake up to our lives, to wake up to our Buddha nature. Um, and, and in this day, we can be a little happier. We can be a little more awake. Yeah. Even as we go home to sleep. So yeah, I love that, that she wakes up at the end, you know. Okay, I'm just going to say it one more time and then we're going to end. But let me see if there's anything else that somebody wants to say before I end this. I'm sure be thinking about you tomorrow morning. <laughs> thank you. I'll think of you as well. And I think the way that you will sit here, because I'm sure we're all behind you thinking about it. Thank you. That's nice. That's yeah, really nice to hear. And I'm going to start one too. Great. It's a deal. I do the same thing. I know. I know. Seven times down, eight times up. Thank you. Other thoughts or words? Okay. <laughs> you can think that to yourself when you think about how hard this is, or why well, do it, or I forgot again. <laughs> Courage. Have heart. So it's time for us to end. Thank you for coming. Thank you to those who support you in being here tonight, whether it's family who um, support you in coming or thank you to the people that keep our streets safe. Yeah. Thank you to the people of IMC who create this space for us. Yeah. Uh, and I'd like to acknowledge that by coming together and sitting and learning and listening and talking um, that we have been um, generating good karma together tonight for this period of time. Yeah. I like to imagine sometimes that it's like we're turning straw into gold by coming together. You know, that something is being generated. Yeah. So I want to ask you to um, take this with you as you go out into the night. This merit, as it's called often. Please take the merit of our time together out into the world that needs this so much. Yeah. Please take it to the beings with two legs and four legs and wings and fins. The beings above, below, near and far, seen and unseen, born and yet to be born. Please take this to them and share it with them so that all beings can be free from suffering, so that all beings can know their Buddha nature and be at peace. Yeah. And please, keep a little bit for yourself too. 
because you need this too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you all. Good night.